Hello, and wherever you are today, the Lord be with you. I'm David Brook. I'm the hub leader of the Chapelfields Hub Parish in the east of Wigan. It's Saturday the 16th of May, and our passage today is the whole of Acts chapter 18. So I apologise. Uh, that's quite a long passage, um, but I need to read it all uh, because that's uh, how my uh, reflections have fallen out today. So Acts chapter 18. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them, and because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them, and they worked together, for by trade they were tent makers. Every Sabbath, he would argue in the synagogue and would try to convince Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia, Paul was occupied with proclaiming the word, testifying to the Jews that the Messiah was Jesus. And when they opposed and reviled him in protest, he shook the dust from his clothes and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am innocent. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. And then he left the synagogue and went to the house of a man named Titius Justus, a worshipper of God. His house was next door to the synagogue. On Crispus, the official of the synagogue became a believer in the Lord, together with all his household. And many of the Corinthians who heard Paul became believers and were baptised. One night, the Lord said to Paul in a vision, Do not be afraid, but speak, and do not be silent. For I am with you, and no one will lay a hand on you to harm you, for there are many in this city who are my people. And he stayed there for a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. But when Gallio was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews made a united attack on Paul and brought him before the tribunal. They said, This man is persuading people to worship God in ways that are contrary to the law. And just as Paul was about to speak, Gallio said to the Jews, If it were a matter of crime or serious villainy, I would be justified in accepting the complaint of you Jews. But since it's a matter of questions about words and names and your own law, see to it yourselves. I do not wish to be a judge of these matters. And he dismissed them from the tribunal. Then all of them seized Sosthenes, the official of the synagogue, and beat him in front of the tribunal. But Gallio paid no attention to any of these things. After staying there for a considerable time, Paul said farewell to the believers and sailed for Syria, accompanied by Priscilla and Aquila. At Sencria he had his hair cut, for he was under a vow. And when they reached Ephesus, he left them there, but first he himself went into the synagogue and had a discussion with the Jews. And when they asked him to stay longer, he declined. But on taking leave of them, he said, I will return to you if God wills. And he set sail from Ephesus. And when he'd landed at Caesarea, he went up to Jerusalem and greeted the church and then went down to Antioch. And after spending some time there, he departed and went from place to place throughout the region of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. Now there came to Ephesus a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria. 
He was an eloquent man, well versed in the scriptures, and he'd been instructed in the way of the Lord and spoke with burning enthusiasm and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained the way of God to him more accurately. And when he wished to cross over to Achaia, the believers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. And on his arrival, he greatly helped those who through grace had become believers. For he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Messiah is Jesus. For the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If I were to give today's reflection a title, it would be Cameos from Corinth. That's because Acts 18 is like a series of little cameos with the character and passion of Paul as the common thread that runs through them and all kinds of responses from those whom he meets. We begin in Corinth, a strategic city in so many ways, and while he stays a long time, it isn't easy for him. Paul is opposed and reviled, and he takes his bat and ball away and storms off. He's still an emotionally driven person. But in the midst of it all, God shows him through the conversion of Crispus that he needs to be on the lookout for the good things God is doing in the midst of the opposition and hardness of heart that Paul is so frustrated by. God even speaks to him in his sleep, telling Paul that things aren't quite how they seem. Do not be afraid, I'm with you. There are many in this city who are my people. And so Paul persists, and he sees fruit. And that's our first cameo. And then, still in Corinth, we see Paul subjected later to a coordinated attack. Brought before Gallio, falsely accused, and the man washes his hands of the situation. I do not wish to be a judge of these matters, he says handing Paul back to the Jews with precisely the words of Pontius Pilate, see to it yourselves. In a moment of complete frustration, it is Sosthenes, the synagogue official, who takes a beating and not Paul. He's failed to deliver the result that they were looking for. He has to suffer. That's our second cameo and it's a vile one. Then Paul moves on to Syria via Ephesus with his faithful friends Priscilla and Aquila. Luke doesn't follow this through, but he does tell us that Paul had a haircut. And did you know that there are at least 20 references to haircuts in the Bible? It's a significant act in scripture, the cutting of hair. Check if you don't believe me. Anyway, Luke does tell us Paul did this because he was under a vow. So perhaps this apparently silly, silly little reference or detail is meant to show us that this was a time of Paul being really focused on God and his purposes. And the reaction in Ephesus couldn't be more different than in Corinth. The Jews don't want to throw him out and make trouble. They want him to stay longer so that they can really engage with his message. Cameo number three, the same Paul but a completely different reaction. And finally, we have a twofold cameo. 
Paul is on a different mission now, strengthening the disciples rather than confronting the unconverted. Maybe that's what his vow led him into via prayer and fasting. Who knows? And in the other half of the cameo, the spotlight falls instead on Apollos. Another passionate man, well versed in the scriptures, but with an incomplete view. But the detail we could miss in all of this is that image of Apollos who goes on to great things being gently taken aside and privately given the missing piece of his jigsaw by humble, faithful, quiet Priscilla and Aquila. That's our fourth cameo. And a fascinating picture of Paul being the encourager for a change and Apollos taking on the mantle of challenging and refuting those who were opposing the gospel. And I find myself thinking that we need to sit with some of these passages and ask ourselves, what did Jesus teach that would prepare us for what Paul and the others were facing? In other words, what bit of teaching from the Gospels sheds a light on these cameos and holds them together? Well, I have an idea, and I want to suggest that you reread Acts 18, but first read the story of the sower in Matthew 13. Remembering Paul's statement in 1 Corinthians 3, where he says, I sowed, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. Try putting Paul in the place of the sower in the story and think about what happened to the seed that Paul sowed in Corinth, in Ephesus, in the other places he travelled to. In some places the seed certainly fell on the path, in some it sprang up but quickly withered, and in some it was choked but in some it fell on good soil. But the big picture is that God gave the growth, or we wouldn't be here thinking about this today. In our first cameo, Paul sowed and saw no fruit. He fell foul of his own frustration, needing to be corrected by God, who told him, reminded him, there are many in this city who are my people. But as time goes on, he learns to see what God is doing he learns to see the fruit. We mustn't let our frustration blind us to what God is up to, for there are many in this city, in this town, in this borough, who are his people too. Let's open our eyes and look again. Will you join me as we end by praying? And together with disciples of Jesus across Wigan, throughout Liverpool Diocese and across the world, we pray in the words that Jesus taught us. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. God bless you this day and every day.